As you are seated this morning, we go to the book of Joshua, chapter number one. I'm excited about this series because it is one that I think applies to each and every one of us because there's not a person alive who has not encountered fear. Amen? Come on now. How many of you know something, at least a little bit about fear? Praise the Lord, though, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of soundness of mind. In Joshua chapter 1, we're going to set the scene today as we go into our second installment of putting fear in its place. And what we're going to focus on today is this truth. Fear is no longer an option. This is what the Lord declares in Joshua chapter number 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. How many of you understand that verse says right there that it was a transition going on? After the death of Moses, there was something new. The second verse declares, Moses, God speaking, my servant is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead the people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you for as long as you live. How many of you understand that's a promise right there? Can I tell you that promise is still for you? Scripture puts it this way. If God is for us, who can be against us? Be strong, verse 6 says, and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Do you notice it doesn't say, and be a little courageous. Just be courageous, light. No, he says be very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then. Will you prosper and succeed in all you do? This is my command. Be strong and courageous. I want you to look at somebody and say, be strong and courageous. I'll do it again. Say, be strong be st and courageous. It's important for us. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Can you give the Lord a praise today? What a declaration. Well, you should already feel better. Come on. You should already be feeling that the Lord, if God is with us, there's some good things ahead for each and every one of us. Well, today we continue in this series, putting fear in its place. And I, I want to remind you of some things from last week. We looked at the words of Jesus. The words of Jesus are the best place for us to go to find truth. Amen? Because Jesus isn't going to lie to you. 
And we discovered that fear comes in fearful times. You don't have fear usually for no reason. It's usually because circumstances are set up against you or working against you. And so fear does come in in fearful times. But we also learned this second truth. Peace is possible. I like that one. Peace is possible. And the third thing that we learned last week is this. Holding on to your peace is a choice. Now this week, the last seven days, most of you have had at least one chance to lose your peace. I didn't say to lose your mind. I said to lose your peace, right? Oh, you might have had a couple chances to lose your mind in certain circumstances, but it's it's good to to have a sound mind, right? And that's what scripture says. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of sound mind. So we don't want to lose our peace. We don't want to lose our minds. We remember what Maria Furlow, someone that I referenced last week, wrote, and she said this, if Jesus knew that the command do not be afraid was unattainable, he would not have asked us to do it, yet this is exactly what he commanded. And what does that little statement say to us? If Jesus told you that you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to be afraid. Now, you might say, but I still feel afraid. Well, we're going to deal with that here in just a a moment this morning. Today, as we look into this series, we, we understand that the context is focused on the life of Joshua. Now, Joshua was an interesting person because he, in fact, had been with Moses from what we would say was the earliest days. If you go back into the text of Scripture, you see that even when Moses journeyed up onto the mountain to receive the commandments from God, that Joshua was there. He's referenced in in sections there where it talks about him being with Moses. That's amazing. It wasn't the only time, though, that we hear about him. He was there way back when, when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt. You remember, they crossed across the Red Sea, and as they began to make their journey, suddenly they were attacked, especially in the, the back section of their army, especially where the, the stragglers were and the people who were weaker. And so they went to battle with them, and Aaron and Hur stayed with Moses and lifted up his hands. You recall that? And as long as they lifted up his hands, they won the battle. But who was the person leading the battle? The person leading the fight was Joshua. Joshua was there. He'd been a part of things for a long time. But as I I just mentioned to you a moment ago, it was a season of transition. And some of you, as you've gone into 2019, are experiencing a season of transition. You can already feel that this year is not exactly like last year. It's a little bit different. And yet we see here that God gives to Joshua at least six promises that we see in the first nine verses. And I want you to to look at these promises with me. First of all, he says to him, the time has come for you to lead these people. Verse number two, my encouragement to you today is your time has come. Your time has come. Go a little bit further in this passage and see what else it says. It says next here, I I promise you, verse two, what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. That's verse number three. He says, it doesn't matter, Joshua, where you go, because they were not on the other side of the Jordan yet. That's not going to come for a few more chapters in the book of Joshua. But he says, whenever you get there, Joshua, let me tell you, this is part of the promise. This, friends, is something we need to understand. This year is part of the promise. 
God has spoken to you about this time. Now, you may feel fear today. You may feel anxiety. You may feel like, I don't know what's out there. But God is saying to you what he was saying to Joshua. What's ahead of you is part of the promise. Next thing that we can see is we go a little further. He says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Verse number five. Friends, let me tell you, that is part of what God has already declared to everybody. If God is for us, who could be against us? We go a little further. The next thing that we can see is God says, I will not fail you or abandon you. Also in verse number five. That's a promise I choose to say. That's for me right there. God will not fail me. God will not abandon me. If God is with me, I know that I can make it through this. Then he says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. That's in verse number seven. What is the promise? You will succeed if you follow my words to you. Then let's look at this sixth promise that God gives to Joshua. He says to him in verse number nine, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever, look at somebody say wherever, wherever you go. You know, as soon as we get out of church today, we're all gonna go to wherever. Some of you are gonna go home to wherever. Some of you are gonna go out to eat to wherever. Some of you are gonna run errands to wherever. You're gonna go to where. But did you know God is there? He is with you wherever you go. So the first principle this Sunday I want us to look at is this. You are more powerful than you think you are. Oh, I thought somebody would say Amen. First service, they said amen when I said, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna read it again. You are more powerful than you think you are. Amen. Does that sound familiar to you? It should. Because it was A.A. A. Milne who wrote of Christopher Robin saying to Pooh Bear, You are braver than you believe, you are stronger than you seem, you are smarter than you think. Right? So, does that sound familiar? Sure, you are more powerful than you think you are. As we look at today's message, Jesus commanded us. We talked about it last Sunday. He commanded us, do not be afraid. And my encouragement to you again today is that Jesus never lies to you. He's never going to lie to you. Jesus told his disciples to not let their heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Isn't that what he said? He said, I want you to to be troubled, I don't want you to to be afraid, but here's where it gets complicated. Let's just be honest. You might say, well, pastor, I never let my heart be troubled or afraid. It just is afraid. I mean, I don't let it do anything. It's kind of leading me in a direction of fear. It's not that I want it to be. Nobody wants to be afraid. I would venture to say no one woke up this morning and said, you know what? This is a good day to be afraid. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to embrace the fear. Ah, ugh, fear. We don't do that. It just comes on us. Now, humanly speaking, Joshua was on the, the, just the brink of the greatest assignment of his life, and so are many of you. But we let our feelings rule us. I had people come up and ask me today, so how are you feeling, Pastor? I knew what they were saying. How you feeling about the Cowboys losing? I knew what they meant. As I'm feeling fine. 
feeling okay. Feeling like we went further than I thought we would. Right? But we all have feelings, don't we? Joshua was on the brink of this amazing assignment. And humanly speaking, we begin to look at all the reasons that what God has said to us could never happen. Oh, come on. We begin to to describe to ourselves the reason that the promises that we've read in the word of God or that the Holy Spirit has spoken to us or that, let's take it a step further, we have prayed about could never, ever happen for us. You see, that's exactly where Joshua was. Take Joshua as our example. He had followed Moses for how long? 40 years. 40 years. Now, what was the word that Moses had been telling the children of Israel for 40 years? God is going to bring you to the promised land. Isn't that what God had been telling them through Moses? And for 40 years, they had seen some things happen. God had been feeding them with manna. They had seen the, the river or the, uh, the area of the Red Sea open up. And now they were at the edge of the Jordan River. But truth be told, even though they talked about it for 40 years, it had never happened. Here's the struggle we have. Sometimes, even though the promise is out there, we remind ourselves of how it hasn't happened yet for us. And if it hasn't happened yet, God, what makes me believe that this year will be any different than last year? What makes me believe that the hope that I have is going to be fulfilled in the moments where I live? If Moses couldn't do it, I believe Joshua was probably asking himself, how can I believe I can do it? Moses was this great leader. He showed up out of nowhere. He was raised in Pharaoh's court. He was the one who was the one who led us through seeing all of those plagues in Egypt and Pharaoh was destroyed and the Red Sea was parted. And he was the one who led us to Mount Sinai. He was the one. How can I do it? How do you know that he was feeling that way? Because why is God telling him time and time again, be strong and courageous if he didn't need to become strong and courageous? Imagine there were some nights when Joshua was laying there saying, I'm not the guy for this. You know, I know that, knew that we would get here. I don't believe that he was a faithless individual by any means, but I believe that he, like you and me, struggled sometimes with wondering, God, is this possible for me to accomplish? Talk about some of my fears. I've talked to you before about five years ago and Pastor Ray passed away and, and we had just completed at that point raising about $100,000 in the television ministry it taken us almost three years, but we raised about $100,000, the most that we'd ever raised, to complete the move of the TV station out of actually this facility to the, to the new church uh, office facility that was next door and the master control and the studios and all of those things. And, and then he passed away. And for a season, about a year and a half, we didn't really do much about talking about fundraising. And, and, and part of it was on purpose because there was that transition and we were realigning things. But one day I was sitting on the set. Some of you have watched Ruth and I as we do the program called Spectrum. And I was sitting there and we were about to be talking about money and raising money. And truth was we were seeing it decline and, and it was dropping down. And, and I thought to myself, I wonder why this is happening. And as I began to think about it, the Holy Spirit spoke into my life very quickly and he said, you need to give them something to give to. I thought, what? 
And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit began to remind me how that I had been neglecting doing the things that I knew to do. Like, we're supposed to send out newsletters, and we were supposed to continue to stay in contact with the donors and to, to encourage them and to, to project vision, and, and we'd stop doing that. So we started. And we began to talk about the second phase of the, of the TV studio area. And, and we talked to people about needing to raise twenty dollars or $25,000. And I thought, you know, that'd be a lot for me to raise. Pastor Ray, that's different. He raised $100,000, but $20,000, $25,000, that'd be a lot. Well, through God's faithfulness over the course of several months, we raised about that amount of money. And as we did so, we were able to finish up the second phase of this TV studio, put lights in the, in the ceiling, buy new microphones, buy a new computer that would help us with uh, audio, do uh, buy brand new wireless microphones. And we completed it. And I thought, man, look what God has done. But that wasn't the end. And I want to tell you something. God is not through with you until he takes you to be with him. And so we finished that and we said, well, you know, we need to get to the place that we, we transition to HD so that the picture looks better. And so I talked to the engineers. They said, well, that'll cost about $50,000. And when push comes to shove, when all the bills started coming in, it wasn't $50,000. It was more like $60,000. And so we started raising the money and talking to people and raised about $30,000 last year. And as we were doing that, we said, well, we've got to order the equipment. We've got to step out in faith. And I, we went into the month of December 2018, and I felt in my spirit the Lord speaking to me, you need to tell people that could big, give big donations of $500, $1,000 to, to give. And let me tell you, friends, people have other things to do than give to the TV ministry in December. It's called Christmas. But I, I shared that anyway with people, and, and we had a good month, but we came to the end of the month, and as we were at the end of the month, on the 28th of December, Ruth walked into my office, and she said, I want you to know something. We received a donation from a brand new donor who's never given to the media area before, never given to the television station before, and they sent in a donation for $5,000. And I said, you know, look what the Lord can do. Now, now, why do I share that with you? Because God is in the business of taking us on a journey to victory. But we can't be afraid. Now, I'm just going to be honest, and I'm going to raise my hand to this too. Anybody struggle with fear? If you ever struggle with fear, raise your hand. Well, So you're in good company. You see, even some of the greatest people in Scripture battled with fear. This is... Our struggle, we forget that God can do what he promised. That God can do it. Now I know that we all have times where we feel like we hear from God better than other times. But have you ever in any of your life felt like God showed you or spoke, and maybe he didn't speak, but he, he revealed to you something and you said, you know, that God's given me some direction here. I think, you know, we could pretty much unanimously say that. He, lots of ways he does it. Speaks to us through his words, speaks to us through people. Sometimes he opens the door, sometimes he closes the door. But God does that. When God begins to do those things in our life, we have to choose, do I believe that God will do what he said he would do? Do I believe it or not? You can choose to vanquish fear. And that brings us to the next thing that I want us to look at today. You must choose to stop fear. Go back with me to John chapter 14, verse 27. We read some of these sections last week. Jesus speaking, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. 
Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And I want you to just realize this. One of Jesus' gifts to you and to me is peace. And yet we struggle with fear, don't we? And I don't say this to you to to make you feel bad because I sometimes struggle with fear. Why is it that we do that? Because we forget what Jesus gave us. We forget what he has provided for us. You cannot stop fear from knocking on the door of your heart, but you can control if you answer the knock. Let's be very real. Anybody in the room have a cell phone? Oh, let's just, you know, let's just get excited a little bit. If you've got a sh- cell phone, just show it to me. Some of you are fibbing. I know you've got cell phones. Uh, you've been reading the weather app, pretending that you're on your Bible app. All right, come on now. Now, when you have your cell phone, anybody gotten rid of your landline at home or you just don't use it anymore? Oh, yeah. Now, these guys in the marketing business are sneaky. They have discovered that you and I will not answer our landlines or we just don't have them anymore. So what have they done? They've started calling your cell phone. When you see an unrecognized number on your phone, what do you do? Do you make a choice? I don't know if anybody said, I'm not sure I'm going to answer that. I don't know who that is. Can I tell you, friends? Now, you can't cop them, stop them from calling, but you can sure keep from answering. Here's the truth for you. You can't stop fear from knocking. But you make the choice of whether or not you answer, whether or not you're going to open that door. Joshua had some legitimate unknowns. Some of you do today as well. Who were these people that they were going to face on the other side of the Jordan? Now, he had been part of the spies. He'd seen them years before, and he knew that they were formidable. He he doesn't deny that they live in walled cities and that they're big folks. He doesn't deny that at all. Could the Israelite army hold up? What about me? See, sometimes our, our worry isn't about everybody else. Sometimes our worry is about us. Can I hold up? God, you know, I'm... In Joshua's case, I'm 40 years older than when we did this last time. I mean, if it had been 38 years ago, I think, you know, 38 years ago in his case, I could have, I wouldn't have been afraid to go into the promised land. But, you know, I'm just not the, I'm just not the young kid I used to be. Let me tell you, friends, the promises of God do not change just because sometimes we struggle and we change. Maria Furlow, who I referenced earlier, also wrote this. May you allow God to whisper to you the sweet words he whispered to me as I studied these verses. No, child, you cannot stop fear from coming, but it is your choice whether you are going to let it in. A choice? It never felt like a choice. So how is that at all possible? Anybody feel like that person? How is it possible for fear to be a choice? You see, fear is an emotion, isn't it? We fear things that we've never experienced. What are some of the things that we fear? When you were a kid, did any of you fear going to school on the first day? Any of you remember? You know, the first day you're standing up there with your little lunchbox. We didn't have backpacks in those days. I don't even know how you got your stuff to school, you know, but you just, 
and you carried your stuff and you're there standing waiting for the bus and you're afraid. And then later on, anybody ever become afraid of middle school? Those people are crazy. You'd heard stories. And then it was high school and now you're starting to have this outbreak of pimples and you're like, why do I go to high school and it's right now, right? And if that wasn't enough, then, then there was college. Some of you were afraid of getting married. Some of you were afraid you wouldn't get married. Some of you were afraid of having kids. I've talked to people. I don't know if I don't want to have kids. Kids are a little crazy, right? Sometimes we get afraid of a new job, afraid of moving. We're afraid of all sorts of things. Then it, gets, it doesn't get any better. Then you get afraid of getting old, right? What is it? Fears. Remember when I first got my driver's license? It's kind of crazy. You know, I think some things have improved with time. I got my driver's license on my 15th birthday. I don't know what the state of New Mexico was thinking. You know, they, they issued, back then, you can't, now you got like 50 hours of supervised driving. I think I'd had two and a half hours of supervised driving. I mean, yes, it was a terrifying thought. But my parents made me drive with them for a while. Now, back in those days, some of you may remember, there used to be a bank here called Albuquerque Federal. Does anybody remember Albuquerque Federal? Savings and loan. Okay. And they had a branch that was on Wyoming Boulevard, kind of near Montgomery. And my dad went in there one day. In those days, they used to have those slanted parking places. You remember, you pulled in one direction, you had to back out the same direction you came in. But I was a young, unexperienced driver. I've shared this story before. I pulled in one day, way, and my dad went in the bank, and then he came out. I backed out the other way, and I clipped the back of the car that was next to us. And from this car unfolded a guy about the size of, of Kevin Hogstead. I was a 15-year-old kid, terrified, scared me to death. This big old guy gets out of the car, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> and my dad jumped out, and, and he talks to the guy, and they went around, looked at the back. Now, my dad was, you know, he was, he was a parent. So he talked to the guy, and the guy looked at the car. There was really nothing wrong. And my dad whipped out his wallet and said, hey, man, why don't I just give you some, like, 10 bucks to go get this car washed? And he, well, they'll just wipe that off. The guy's like, you know, I think it'll work out. It'll be all right. And we're like, okay, How many, uh, those of you who have teenage drivers know you do not want to report it to insurance. <laughs> 10 bucks, 20, be okay. You know, the guy left. So we get back in the car, the guy's left, and I'm sitting there, I said, I don't want to drive. And they said, well, that's too bad, you're going to drive. I said, I can't, <laughs> I'm too afraid. And they said, it doesn't matter if you're afraid, drive us. I'm like, I don't want to. Go, <laughs> torture, you know. But why did they make me drive? Because the fear had to be faced. You couldn't let it rule you. And let me say, friends, that's exactly where we are today. You either allow the fear to rule you or you conquer your fear. You say, but pastor, you don't know the problems that I'm going through. I don't. Just like most people probably did not understand the fears that Joshua had, but God kept saying to him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and courageous. We can have fears about so many different things, but we can't let them rule us. Truth be told, human beings do fear the unknown. So it's not that fear isn't gonna come, but you have to decide right up here, how am I gonna deal with these things that I can't control? How much dominion am I going to give it in my mind? How much time am I going to think about the things that I can't control. Friends, you may not be able to control it, 
I may not be able to control it, but I want to tell you with confidence that your heavenly father is a good, good father. I want you to tell you today that Jesus is a loving, wonderful savior. I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit is a gracious comforter and teacher. And he can help you. This is the place that Joshua found himself. God told him it was time to rule his fears. Let's look at one last thought today. We need to understand that being strong and courageous in the face of fear is something we have to do. God gave Joshua a blueprint for defeating fear, so let's look at it closely and we'll move fairly quickly. First, God told him it was time. Verse number two, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River and into the land I am giving you. I want you to understand that God said to Joshua, like he says to you today, the time has come for you to beat your fear. The pastor, I don't know. Maybe I need another week, another month. No, God said today is the day you need to beat your fear. Second thing, remember the promise of God. Realize that Satan is a liar, but God is a truther. I think that's a made-up word, actually. But God speaks the truth, doesn't he? God does not lie to you. He says to Joshua in this passage of Scripture, verse 3, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. Wherever you go, Joshua, they hadn't crossed the river. But when you get across it, you're going to get across. And when you get across it, you're going to be stepping on land that I gave you. Friends, understand in 2019, God has been speaking to some of you. I'm giving you something new. And you're like, I can't see it yet. No, you can't see it. But remember what faith is. Faith is the substance of things that we hope for, the evidence of things that we cannot see. And God's saying to you, it's time, and I want you to remember the promise. Third, God will never forsake you or his promises to you. Verse five, let's go to verse five. No one, God says, will be able to stand against you as long as you live. What an amazing promise. Nobody can stop you. Joshua, just go do what I've told you to do and obey, and nobody, nobody can stop you. And can I tell you, friends, that as long as Joshua and Israel followed God, no one could stop them. No one could stop them. Number four, be assured that God is for you and not against you. Oh, that's a word for somebody this morning. Because you came into this room and you're, you had doubts that God even cares about you. You have doubts that God is concerned about your hurt, your struggle. This truth is a wonderful weapon to defeat your fears. Verse five, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Praise God. This promise also reminds us of God's track record. Can I tell you, God has a good track record. God doesn't mess up, doesn't blow it, doesn't, he has, some things, some things you don't understand, but that doesn't mean that God made a mistake. There's certain things I don't understand, but I don't believe God made a mistake. Next one, this is a big one. Stay connected to the truth. There's a lot of voices that you can listen to today, but sometimes you shouldn't listen to others. You certainly shouldn't listen to your fear, and with absolute certainty, you should not listen to the whispers of Satan. Because Satan whispers to you, there's no hope. 
The situation will never change. The circumstance is dark. It's too big for you. You can't. All of those things are a lie. And remember this. Because Satan is a liar, if he's telling you that it can't, it won't, it's too big for you, then the opposite is true. It can, it will, and with God, it's not too big for you. And that is a great confidence to speak to us. He says in verse seven, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Everything is very inclusive, isn't it? Everything that you do. Next, fear is defeated when we remember that God is traveling on the journey with you. I like it when I get to go somewhere and I'm not by myself. I don't really enjoy going on long trips by myself. Anybody else? It's not that fun. I like to have a sidekick. Right? A buddy. Right? A travel buddy. Someone to talk to. Those things make it a little bit easier. In in the midst of all of this, we need to remember that God's on the journey. Verse nine, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Sometimes that's not how we feel. Are you like me? Do you ever feel fearful when you feel alone? I don't do well when I'm bored. Anybody else have that problem? Yeah, remember that, that, that old parable that says an idle mind is the devil's workshop. Man, I need stuff to do. <laughs> right? That's me. I don't do well when I'm just sitting there. But remember this truth. God is with you. You're never really, really alone. The task for Joshua finding the Israelites, leading them into the promised land was formidable. It didn't suddenly get easier. I want you to know today, in the last 40 minutes, suddenly the fearful situations of your life suddenly didn't change. Joshua's still on the other side of the Jordan. They hadn't even crossed. The people in the promised land still lived in big fortified cities. They still were descendants of of the giants there. But what could change was his belief that God would do it. And this is the last thought as we get ready for the musicians to come. Remember this, God is always there. You know, today, I think we all need to remember as we face our fears and put fear in its place. God is right there with you. He will never leave you. He won't forsake you. Fear is something that we have to choose to put in its place. That's gonna come knocking. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna answer? Hi, fear, come on in. Or is it gonna keep knocking you and say, you don't have a place here. God is journeying with me. I don't know how it's all going to end up. I don't want to tell anybody, leave you with the misconception that I know how everything's going to end up for you because you know what? I don't, but this I do know. God is faithful and he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. And you may be going through some very hard times. In fact, some of you have talked to me and I know you're going through some hard times. But I want you to have confidence today that God is with you. 
and he loves you and he won't leave you and he'll be beside you and he'll care for you and he won't allow you to be overwhelmed his promise is this I'll never allow you to be tempted with more than you can bear but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you can bear up under it